everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Happy Hour with Victabulous. It is another beautiful Friday. I hope everybody is being safe and enjoying their life as best they can <laughs> um, in this crazy time that we're still in. Um, so today's a very special episode because I, as I mentioned before in my previous episode, I was going to kind of be taking a step back from my podcast, even though I am back, but because of my pregnancy and me getting closer and closer to my due date, which is in March, um, I'm going to be in and out of episodes and, um, my husband who is with me now is going to be kind of taking over filling in, being like a guest host, so to speak, um, throughout these coming months, like I said, as we're getting ready to welcome baby number two. Um, so with that being said, this is my husband, Victor, and he is going to be doing a, um, the movie discussion review as we discussed in the previous episode of, um, Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's starring Clive Davis or Clive Owen. Clive Owen, Julianne Moore, and a few others that I can't think of. But those are pretty much like, and Michael King, legendary Michael King, Sir Michael King. Can't forget him. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to him because this is his movie that he chose. So without further ado, Take it away. Okay, so thank you for the lovely introduction, my beloved wife. I honestly didn't know how to start it, so with almost tears in my eyes, I asked, you know, Victoria to start it for me. So, uh, that being said, um, again, this is probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like, it's... uh, it was made back in 2006, but it is a dystopic future taking place in the year of uh, 2027. So six more years, we're going to be seeing stuff like this. So uh, it was kind of made before its time, like one of those movies, like made ahead of its time. Again, uh, you know, just a, a short, what, uh, 14 years ago, this movie came out. Ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the movie begins, again, uh, November 16th, uh, 2027, with a newscast uh, reporting that the youngest person on Earth uh, has actually been murdered um, when he refused the signature, or refused to give a fan a signature, uh, and he died at the young age of 18, uh, again, leaving uh, the second youngest person on Earth, who's 19 years old, uh, which is pretty crazy because it uh, reveals this future that uh, women have become infertile and again there has been no children born for 18 years Uh, so just picture that for a minute so let me get this straight he this poor 18 year old kid gets murdered because he refused to sign in his autograph because the youngest living person it's like a a de facto celebrity for being the youngest person on earth was it from the person who he denied exactly um 
again the news there's a newscast and just uh, I I can only compare it to like one of the Kardashians like uh, just that kind of automatic stardom uh-huh. to where uh, he's just denied a fan a signature they got irate and it says they stabbed him and killed him there on the spot uh, but uh, there's again it begins with a news report which is kind of funny because the very first lines of this movie is that um, the siege in Seattle has lasted for over a thousand days and then cutting on to some more you know news jargon talking about other stuff before they bring on this report and who would have guessed that you know they reference uh, this Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone of Chad, which is the occupation of Seattle that happened last year. And uh, Antifa stole like a couple city blocks from the city of Seattle to make their own. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I get it. Now I'm putting it together. I didn't really watch the movie, Mm -hmm. you guys. I was like in and out. You know where you're sitting in front of the the TV watching the movie, but then you're like distracted on your phone, so you're in and out. So that was me. But he loves this movie. He watched it again before we did this podcast but i like to do that too it's more so just kind of like a refresher to hit any key points or things that you don't quite remember or something that was funny that you think you know is great to bring up like a really good point Mm -hmm. that can be easily missed when you're kind of basing it off on memory and kind of like reference to you know um google like imbd yeah. So it's a different, it's a different kind of refresher when you're watching it again because you get those kind of like questions that pop into your mind as you're watching the movie, and then you're like, oh yeah, I remember that part, even though it wasn't like a big significant scene. It was, it hit you in a certain way. Yeah. So moving forward, um, basically, again, it, this movie begins with the news report of uh, the youngest person being murdered. Uh, it kind of gives you like a brief look at the world around so again there has been no children born in 18 years uh most of the world's societies have collapsed and uh in britain all foreigners have been declared illegal immigrants or rounded up by the british military and forced uh to be deported so throughout the movie you see just people in cages at like checkpoints um again a la arizona it's and, very animalistic. Oh yeah, it's you know very like inhumane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, it's <laughs> uh, who would have thought that you know again this depiction of a you know a future we're seeing glimpses of now. And uh, I mean, I hate to be the doomsayer, but uh, I guess art imitates life sometimes. And yeah, know, we're not that far off right now. No, no, we're not. So moving on, um, the movie begins again with these news reports, and the main character, played by Clive Owen, uh, named Theo, uh, is going into a coffee shop, and he's, I guess, kind of the average person who's not really too big into, um, I guess, like celebrity news. So the fact that uh, the youngest person on Earth is now murdered, uh, he's kind of indifferent, and just kind of pushes his way into this crowded coffee shop buys you know his black coffee and just leaves and sneaks out he's he definitely seems like uh, grizzled or, or roughed up and uh i guess more so painted when he goes off he grabs his coffee walks out gets into the street pulls out a flask and starts pouring it into his coffee when uh the coffee shop just explodes and they're screaming and a woman staggers out holding her arm and then boom you know the 
black and white title, Children of Men, uh, which, again, pretty jarring. Uh, so he makes his way to work. Uh, they attribute the explosion to uh, an underground guerrilla group called the Fishes. Uh, Hold on, time out, time out. Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to sound like a feminist. Maybe I am. I don't know. It's late. Um, but why is it called children of men? Do men give birth to these children? I'm sorry. I'm confused. Uh, see, what you're missing here is that the title is uh, Children of Mankind. It did not say that. <laughs> Don't try to it doesn't, defend no, I'm just... it. Don't try to defend it. Um, but I'm just wondering why that title, like why Children of Men? Because if it was called Children of Goats, it'd be a little... Uh... Why not? I, I mean, I think I think it's um, I think it's missing a couple of letters, like a W and an O. <laughs> Can I get a, a W and an O? Can I get I don't a W know. and an O here? Uh, maybe just because I'm pregnant, so I'm like, why is it children of men when I am the one who's carrying the child? Just proceed. Thank you. <laughs> it's the hormones. <laughs> Brianna, go ahead and cut all that out right now. Don't, don't... you dare. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. <laughs> Moving forward. Uh, so uh, Theo is shaken up by the incident and arrives at work. Uh, his coworkers, like their computers are all showing like footage of baby Diego. Again, the youngest person on earth. Kind of like watching like a, a nephew or, you know, just home footage of, I guess, he would be like a household celebrity. You know, some your neighbor's kid, someone you watch grow up their entire life, and everyone just seems devastated by this fact. So he gets the work, and he just goes to his boss and kind of claims to be shaken up by, you know, the baby's death, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, young Diego's death. He's 18. I, I, he's not a baby, but I but guess... he's young, and he's the youngest. Mm -hmm. So there hasn't been anybody, you know. So he's the baby of the world, basically you know yeah kind of like how we refer to like you know your group of friends and you have the baby you know the kid of the group you know he's the youngest but what also gets me is just like did they mention in there like if the guy or the person that was denied a signature the one that like stabbed him did they get any punishment oh i'm sure you know if he wasn't lynched like immediately after you know i i they, they don't say anything specifically in the news, but at the same time... Because like, it's like, kind of like, I mean, why I'm, with what's going on nowadays, I'm like, why am I surprised if it's just a movie mm -hmm. that's happened? But I'm just like, what? <laughs> so what happens when if it was a seven-year-old? No, they no. don't understand. Like, they're kids, you know? Even an 18-year-old is like, yeah, it's cool, but kind of not, you know? I mean, to spend 18 years in the spotlight. Yeah. Not really understanding what it's And you like didn't to be even normal. choose to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. And then no you have people that. coming up to you. I mean, in a way, he is kind of like a celebrity, but he didn't ask for that. No, I'm sure. And, and just like uh, those people, um, the the paparazzi just go up to those you know celebrities just on bad days, and you know they snap that one picture and they ask them a you know a pointed question, and it's like the straw on the camel's back, and you know they snap. And, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're on the same page, just we're wording things differently. Yeah. But, uh, with, um, so he leaves work and he goes to visit his uh, his friend Jasper, who's played by Michael Caine. Um, 
who uh, lives outside of London, like kind of out in the boonies. He's a he's a political activist. Like uh, his wife is catatonic, but she's like a, a former like correspondent or photographer, and they both kind of live off a uh, grid. He's grown weed. He's a total hippie. They're always playing um, Ruby Tuesday, which kind of like becomes the, the theme. Yeah, no, definitely. But uh, yeah, so he goes to visit them. They they kind of chit chat about this and that. Um, there's a photo that they don't really highlight too much on since you don't know the characters yet, but it's a, a man, a wife, and a kid, and, uh, let's see, Theo gets a little too stoned and just crashes there for the night and makes his way back uh, to London, I guess that's where he's living, it's either they specified it or they didn't, but London seems to be, you know, the spot. Uh, he goes back into the city and he's captured by the fishes. And they kind of hold him, uh, they do like the boogeyman sack, and they kidnap him, put him in a, a newspapered up room, so he's kind of hiding. And eventually, um, he's reunited with his former wife, Julian, uh, played by... Julianne Moore. Thank you. <laughs> I... She's beautiful. Okay, keep it in your pants, I... sister. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? All right, she's, she's Well, gorgeous. that's the first time. That's a shocker. That's the first time where you've just blatantly said said something like that anything remotely about a actress i mean for years what we were on 11 years together and i i've always been like you think she's attractive like just trying to get what your taste is like who's your kind of besides me but like well naturally yeah but i mean i tell you all the guys the celebrity guys that i like so it's just very refreshing but kind of not. <laughs> so just calm down there, buddy. So, uh, Julian, if you are listening, uh, we do live out here in San Diego. Uh, come visit. <laughs> Please. And uh, if you guys aren't too familiar with who Julianne Moore is, she's been in... Okay, I'm going to just name the movies that I know her in. She was in um, Jurassic Park, uh, The Lost World. She was also in um, Hannibal Lecter. Was it Hannibal? Uh, she was in the the uh, the not. I don't think it was the prequel. Okay, so she was also in the Hunger Games. Um, she played President Al Alma Coyne. She was in um, what is it? The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. And Still Alice, which is a really good movie. It's really sad. Um, I should probably do that sometime in the near future. And she was in Crazy Stupid Love. That was a good movie. Um, but yeah, she's just, she's she's veteran actress. Um, if you don't know who she is, then. And she was in Hannibal. It was Hannibal. Yeah. That's the title, not Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, but... I, I'm cheating. I'm looking at the IMDb. She played Clarice in uh, Hannibal. Huh. So was it a prequel or a sequel? I, I think it's the... Sequel? Yeah. To Silence to, of the Lambs? Uh, exactly, yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're going off topic. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Now we're back. So that's Speaking who... of awesome, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> All right. All right. Back to Julianne. That's Julianne Moore. Google her if you don't know. Yeah. 
Um, so again, uh, Theo is reintroduced to Julian, who actually is the leader of this group of, uh, again, the gorillas known as the fishes. Uh, so Julian and Theo haven't uh, seen each other nearly 20 years after their son, Dylan, died of a flu epidemic. Uh, so that, again, goes back to that photo in uh, Jasper's house. It's a picture of uh, Julian and uh, Theo and their son, Dylan. So super heartbreaking. And just to have their kid die, but maybe it's kind of a... It's like a twisted pleasure, so the kid doesn't have to... Or a twisted blessing, rather, so the kid doesn't have to see the world turn into the thing that it is. So, again, uh, Julian tells him that uh, the fishes are not responsible for blowing up the cafe the previous day. Uh, one of her group angrily claims that the government bombed the cafe, trying to create dissidents for the fishes. And that's when Julian asks Theo's uh, help in securing some transit papers. Uh, Theo's cousin, uh, Nigel played by Danny Houston, uh, has influence within the government. So Theo, maybe he's, you know, feels that he owes Julian something after all these years, uh, goes to visit Nigel and is able to get the papers, but they specifically state that Theo himself uh, must accompany the refugees that they're meant for. So he's kind of roped into having to, you know, help these people that he has to uh, assist. You know, whether he likes it or not, uh, not even knowing who he's got to help or, you know, just how many people. Uh, so he agrees and he joins uh, Julian, her associate, uh, who's Luke, and the refugee known as Key, played by Claire Hope Ashity, and the midwife, Miriam. Uh, they all get into a car and they start driving to the southern coast of England. And so this is an like, awesome thing about this movie because they do a lot of like one shot takes so it's it's not like they keep cutting the camera it's just one long um take i yeah i, I couldn't think of that I, I said the word and i couldn't think of what else to say but uh, it's just inside the car and it's julian just kind of uh, regaling the rest of the group about how theo used to be an activist himself and how there's one protest that uh was going to get shut down, but uh, Theo, thinking quick on his feet, invited the cops to come, you know, get a cup of coffee, but, you know, not letting the cops know that he spiked it with ketamine and, you know, just got the cops completely wasted. And it's this cute little scene where uh, they do kind of a, a trick that only Julian Moore and Theo are in a Clive Owen can do, and it's like they, they spit a ping pong ball back in each other's mouth, which is kind of weird, but funny at the same time. It's a very sentimental yeah. moment, just kind of seeing them and getting that that taste, that they vision have... of what they were and mm -hmm. who they were as a couple, as a married couple. Well, that there was legit love, that there was legit chemistry, it's just, you know, unfortunately with Dylan passing, they, you know, they must have forgotten what they had. But like all good movies, not all sentimental moments can last forever. Oh no, because uh, literally, like, they are driving down this road and a car is on fire and it gets pushed into the way and they realize that they're actually ambushed in a forested area by a large mob. mob. And while they're trying to back up, right out the gate, Julian is shot in the head. Uh, is it the head or the neck? Oh no, you're right, you're right, in the neck. Um, 
and she's there bleeding out. They're trying to get away. Uh, the the person on the motorcycle who did Julian rolls up next to Clive Owen, who kicks the door open and causes the motorcycle to flip and crash, and they're able to get away. Um, but unfortunately, uh, as they flee the scene, they're pulled over by the police, and when asked for papers, Luke kills both policemen, and they uh, have to go into hiding right out uh, well, immediately. Uh, after a short funeral is held for Julian, uh, Theo breaks off for like uh, from the ser services and just like breaks down and Clive Owen is so I mean, as you would. Yeah. I mean, you really it really hits all the feels oh, of yeah. like, yeah, that's his estranged wife, and yeah, they were technically separated and all that, but. I mean, that's love. That's, mm -hmm. you know, they were torn apart by tragedy. And, of course, like, this war that's going on. But more so the tragedy. And you just, from the interactions that they have, there's still that passion and that love there. Yeah. So when this scene happens, it's like... It, it feels real. Just he does, he, yeah, he, he did down. a really good yeah. job. Uh, quick question. Um... Was the mob like? Did they know that she they were carrying the the girl? I really don't know. Like uh, again, like why it, did they attack them? Well, it's it's later revealed that. Uh, well, don't don't yeah. spoil it. Go okay. ahead and continue. Yeah, so, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, there there is a reason to the mob, um, which again it will be revealed shortly. But uh, so uh, again, Luke kills the both policemen. They have a little funeral for Julian. Clive Owen has a little breakdown, which again tears at the heartstrings. Um, Luke finds another car and drives them to a safe house on a farm where, like, the rest of the fishes gather. Um, and again, uh, let's see, the fishes, I, I didn't really go into detail. I don't quite remember why they call themselves the fishes, but they are uh, fighting for equal rights for uh, the refugees or illegal immigrants. Um, just trying to, you know, be humane in this like this uh, overbearing uh, government that's uh, cracking down on everybody and has just a complete like blue state uh, blue on everyone's neck so again the fishes gather and at the farm um, he uh, reveals to Theo that she is actually eight months pregnant so she's got you beat by some hairs there baby oh whatever um, so at that point, he didn't know mm -hmm. why, like, what the plan was, like, what, like, that she was the reason why they were, like, escape, like... They're so desperate to escape the country. Okay. Uh, so she also tells Theo that Julian specifically told Key that she's the only one that, uh, that she could trust, um... You know, she wondered that should things go awry for herself to trust only in Theo. Uh, so the fishes hold a meeting and decide what to do with Key. Uh, and they, uh, again, they have this little discussion. Um, they even say, like, uh, well, Clive Owen's character says, like, well, why not go public? Like, why not let these people know that um, that she's pregnant? Like, this is, this is literally a miracle right now and like, uh, the fishes start saying that like chances are they'll just sweep poor key under the rug they'll take her baby away from her and give it to some posh 
uh, English lady. So the world kind of has this idea that like England is, you know, is the safe haven here that, you know, this, this foreigner's baby is actually English, you know, the first baby to be born in, you know, 18 years. But that's just their theory. That's not a known fact. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's all speculation at this point. But uh, ultimately, Key decides that she will stay here to give birth. Um, she will stay with the fishes to uh, be safe and then sneak away to, you know, whatever place they have to get to. Um, so with that, uh, they conclude. And despite Theo's objection, yeah, again, Key decides to stay with them until the child is born. Um, <laughs> and uh, so that night, um, Theo hears a commotion outside, and two men, uh, like the, uh, pull up on a motorcycle, and they're saying how one of them is injured so badly. Uh, it turns out that these are the individuals who were on the motorcycle. Uh, one of them is played by uh, Sons oh, of Anarchy's Charlie, Charlie Hunnam, who's. Uh, if not the one to actually do the shooting on the motorcycle, uh, the driver of the motorcycle in question here. Um, again, it's it's revealed that the, the whole thing was set up by the fishes at this point. So were they going to kill? Um, they were going to murder... Uh, let's see. How do I phrase this? So he hears the conversation going on and discovers that the, the attack on the car and Julian's murder were both arranged by Luke and the fishes who wish to use the baby for their own ends and Luke plans to kill uh, Theo the next day so hearing all this uh, Theo sneaks into Key's room and wakes both uh, Key and Miriam up and convinces them to leave uh, they steal a car and they nearly escape the farm and Theo is able to uh, before he leaves he manages to like pull the starter cables out of some of the cars and is able to sneak away um, just barely that's shitty. I'm surprised that with finding out that this whole thing was planned, even like the killing of your ex-wife, seeing how distraught and and torn up he was about it, like witnessing her die, get, kill, get killed in front of him, that he just like played it so cool. Like and didn't just like go on a freaking rampage and just start murdering them all. Because he had them all in the house. No, he had he had absolute reason to, you know, he could have turned everything on him right then and there. But... Yeah, he had the element of surprise. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that he was listening. He could have, you know, he could have gotten the drop on them. But at the same time, it was his wife's like mission to help this girl. So yeah. in a way, he's like that's more priority. Yeah, he promised. Julian that, you know, he would get key to safety and especially hearing all this stuff, he now knows like, oh, it, it's not safer here. Like, and chances are they'll wind up killing key after the baby's, you know, because mm -hmm. no mother's gonna separate from her child and especially if the fishes can use that same baby for leverage. You know, she'd just be played just as worse as the government would. Or just as bad. So after they narrowly escape, uh, Theo takes them to like the only safe spot he knows which is Jasper's house uh, so he takes him back to Michael Keaton who like gladly accepts Michael him Michael Caine I, I, not, 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 Batman. not Batman Fred not man. <laughs> Alfred yeah. alright my bad sorry sorry if you're listening That's Michael why I'm here. Caine I'll stand by. and Michael Keaton <laughs> I love you both but you know uh, I, I do want to add that uh, unlike my wife I 
have had a couple drinks. Um, Must be nice. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so I decided, uh, in keeping with Victoria's uh, drinking podcast here, I enjoyed a snake bite, which is uh, a lovely mixture of a cider and a stout, usually floated on top of one another, leaving it like a nice tan on the bottom and a, a dark beer on top. Uh, such a crisp, amazing taste that just titulates the tongue. Okay, calm down. Getting carried away here. All right. So once more, um, going back, they go back to Jasper's house to make arrangements for Key. Uh, they discuss a ship called the Tomorrow, which is a vessel that belongs to the Human Project, which is a collection of scientists based out of Portugal uh, who are dedicated to restoring human fertility. So ultimately, like the best situation here for Key is to get you know into those people's hands. And Jasper arranges for a friend uh, named Sid, who actually is an immigration officer, to help Key, Miriam, and Theo enter an immigration camp uh, at Bexhill. And from there, they will make arrangements to uh, for Key to slip onto the English Channel and meet with the ship. Uh, the fishes find Jasper's ho at a hidden home, setting off alarms. Jasper lets Theo take his car and gives them an escape route. Uh, and from a like distant uh, cliffside, Theo watches as Jasper like refuses to give the fishes any info, and is like just brutally murdered by uh, Luke. Um, but big ups to uh, Jasper just the whole time. He keeps you know keeps strong and, and even just kind of humiliates like Luke as he's you know being murdered. Uh, which again, another hard scene to watch. There's a lot of them in this movie, but. I swear to God, it's one of the best movies ever made. So, Theo, again, watches kind of uh, helplessly. Uh, Miriam tries to comfort him, but he's, you know, just angry and just, like, gets her to get in the car, and they drive off to uh, an abandoned school that's nearby where they're supposed to wait for Sid, the uh, immigration officer, to arrive. Um, here we kind of learn a bit about Miriam, who uh, talks a bit about her past, how... From her point of view, as a midwife, she watched as like the literal like leisures in like keeping uh, logs and like uh, like just watching as the the female infertility kind of began. How like you know few and fewer calls started coming in, and it's one of those things that's like uh, it it happened slowly at first, then next thing you know, it's just it's, it's there. So, uh, again, next thing you know, there's a large, like, uh, armor personnel carrier that rolls up, just this big, black, menacing, you know, APC. And out of this APC hops out uh, the immigration officer known as Sid. Going back to, uh, to Jasper's plan, he told um, Theo that, like, Sid is an immigration officer who actually, like, sells weed on the side for Jasper. So, uh, in order to know that uh, Theo is basically cool. He uh, has to tell Sid, uh, you know, this, this passphrase, which is, you're a fascist pig. So when uh, Sid arrives in this, again, intimidating, like, uh, APC, uh, he jumps out and he's complete in full, you know, military regalia, just like a flak jacket, um, you know, black tactical gear, scary looking um, guy comes out and Theo just kind of goes, you know, you're, you're a fascist pig, and Sid 
plays into it, just super intimidating, but, you know, kind of cracks after a little bit and after he's about to hit <laughs> Theo with the baton, you know, just laughs like, all right, come on, you, you know, you're cool, come on. So they get in um, to the APC, and uh, as they approach the detention center, he starts going into labor. Uh, and when they arrive, uh, Miriam is trying to protect Key from the guards uh, with like a, a fake religious mantra, or mania that is, and you know, she starts praying loudly. The guy on the bus who's trying to identify any potential, you know, recognizable refugees or uh, any wanted persons is going around looking at people's faces. Uh, he's about to point out Key when a uh, I'm not sure if she her water breaks or if she literally just is so frightened that she pees, but uh, Clive Owens points out that there's water on the ground um, as though Key peed like she's sick or she, you know, she, couldn't she control lost her, her bowels or something. Yeah. And with that, you know, the uh, immigration officer just kind of shrugs and leaves, uh, leaving Theo and key to enter uh, Brexit Hill with her pregnancy undetected. Um, they meet like another contact they're supposed to have there who's like a gypsy Romanian woman. Oh wait, what happens to the, the girl, the midwife? Oh, uh, they, they drag Miriam off the bus. Because she's, um, um, cause she's like, what you said, she's praying to Yeah, badly. she's she's praying and like kind of going off on like a, a religious maniac, you know, As our father who art in heaven. Yeah, just okay. a distraction. They put a hood on her and they detain her, but you don't see her for the rest of the movie. She's just, that, that's it. She's dragged away to the you shadows. I can and... get an idea of what might happen to her when they mm -hmm. put that, the, the, the sheet over her yeah. head, because then you, like, as the bus drives away, you start seeing all these other mm -hmm. people like her with the same hooded um, cover on, and they're kind of, like, on their knees, execution style, mm -hmm. like, getting ready. So, I mean, can you put two and two together yeah might yeah definitely Maybe, won't end well for her uh, but again they manage to uh sneak in a brexel and they meet with the contact there who takes them to like a dingy room uh and right after they like get into the room he gives birth to a girl so the next morning they're they're met by the the contact there uh marichka and sid who tell them that there's like an uprising that's uh that's taken over uh, Bexel. Uh, the fishes have broken into the city and the National Guard have been called out to restore order. Uh, both Sid and uh, Marichka are astonished to see the baby. Um, Sid, having seen Theo on the TV the night before, plans to turn him in for a large bounty. Uh, Theo being a prime suspect for the attack on the road. So he's... Uh, being yeah, he's being framed more or less for that ambush on like what happened to his wife and everything yeah uh, but with uh, Monichka's help uh, they escape Sid and find a temporary haven with uh, Monichka's people uh, she's supposed to help them get to the boat to uh, at, uh, get them to the boat called the Tomorrow in uh, the Brexton Hill Harbor god it's a tongue twister um, but as a uh, they enter the city, which again, it's become a war zone with the fishes trying to um, maybe, well, yeah, the fishes trying to like basically stop uh, he and Theo from escaping. They 
basically cut them off like at the their one escape point. So uh, Theo, Key, and Marishka have to enter the city, and it's again a full war zone at this point. Um, they take Key and the baby and leave Theo and Marishka to be executed, um, but they are able to escape the skirmish. Uh, they're able to escape when a skirmish uh, erupts nearby, splitting them up. Uh, Patrick and a few of Luke's men begin shooting at the National Guard, and Luke takes off with Key. Um, Theo goes looking for Key, uh, finding her in a decrepit apartment building, which is under fire from the military. And it's just a massacre in here. There's just civilians getting shot down left and right. Um, the fishes are... This is kind of like a last stand situation here. It's not looking good for anybody. Again, Theo... Risking life and limb, Luke, or Theo uh, finds Key with Luke, uh, who's shooting against the uh, or shooting at the British forces outside. Um, and this scene that's like that's happening here is hands down one of the most uh, powerful scenes I've ever seen in like cinematic history. Okay, so uh, again, if you go on YouTube and just look up uh, "Children of Men." ceasefire it's about five minutes long but it's like the scene played out and my god like I, I get chills just thinking about it because uh it is hands down the most powerful scene i've ever seen in a movie in my entire life so uh it's it's just this baby starts crying in the middle of this firefight and like people start hearing this despite the gunfire despite all these like deafening explosions the baby's like cry is just piercing through the silence and just people stop shooting um like people who have been hiding trying to you know keep themselves safe they hear this baby crying and they start coming out of the woodworks they start leaving the safety of their like you know whatever fortifications they're able to put up um it's, it's just like i i, I please just do yourself a favor and go watch this clip because I, I cannot do it justice um, again, it's just, just the sound of this kid crying, like the expression on everyone's faces, like they haven't heard a kid and they have not heard a baby cry in 18 years. So it's the first time anyone's hearing this again in almost 20 years. So these soldiers are standing there just dumbstruck and everyone's just like, they're screaming ceasefire and, and, uh, like everyone is just odd. <laughs> um, everyone just sees like they're just completely standing in awe the fighting stops many people break out into prayer um the two walk outside of the building and like even two three steps out and just gunfire starts up again and um they find their way back to uh marichka and the rowboat that she's holding for them and she helps uh push them into the harbor um Marichka refuses to leave with them and just pushes them in, like the boat off of the harbor. Uh, their two, um, Theo and Key, make their way out into the harbor where they're supposed to meet up at a buoy at the rendezvous point um, and wait for them while like there's jets flying overhead that start bombing the city. Um, Key sees blood on the bottom of the boat and starts to panic, thinking it's hers. Uh, but Theo tells her that he was hit in the abdomen. Uh, in the firefight so um the ha uh, theo has enough time to teach key how to burp a baby and she tells him that uh, she'll name 
the uh, the baby after Theo's son Dylan. Um, Theo begins to lose consciousness as uh, as the tomorrow begins to arrive in the distance, and just as as the credits begin rolling, it's it's kind of a sweet thing, but you start hearing the sound of uh, children laughing as the credits begin to roll. So it's like there's there's a hope for the future as the credits begin to roll. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, the the first time I saw this movie, I was I was really caught up. Um, again, it was such an awesome movie just to to see. But after having uh, my son, like that's that last scene with uh, the ceasefire miracle, I I legit cried. Just there's there's something powerful. It's it's like a visual equivalent of hearing your baby cry for the first time like i i really <laughs> i can't do it justice like please go watch that clip do yourself a favor or just watch the movie if yeah i mean if you have time for the whole movie please please do but that is essentially the summary of children of men um, i want to thank you for listening and i particularly want to thank my wife for everything. <laughs> uh, I want to thank my beautiful wife for everything, for allowing me to steal, you know, the first of probably many episodes that I will steal from her. Um, we'll see. Considering yeah, how, how the views go for this episode, you know, I might just be taken out back and you know, put down like a dog. Um, so, fun stuff, some trivia. Um, so in the movie, uh, so going back to what Victoria said earlier about why is it called the children of men, why not children of women? I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, apparently the uh, in the movie, it's an infertility crisis uh, as a, a result of women being infertile. But in the original novel by P.D. James, if you're interested, uh, it's the result of all men producing no sperm. So, who was this directed by again? Who did the the screenplay? Because I feel like this was totally like Alfonso. So why did he choose to go that route and change that up? Uh, maybe because he's also known for Kitu Mamba Tavian. Do you even know what that movie is about? Uh, no, but it says a new mom as well. You don't even know what that movie is about. No, but he wrote Gravity. Okay, well, let's go back here. Let's stick to on topic. <laughs> gravity is in space. Well, if you think about the gravity of the situation... I'll then... show you my gravity. <laughs> but that's interesting how they changed that major plot point. That's pretty much like the whole movie, like what makes the movie. Whatever. Next. Um... Also, fun fact, uh, almost every shot contains an animal, usually a dog. I mean, there's there's a lot of animals, and I'm not sure if it's just... Uh, well, isn't it because it's in, like, mostly kind of like, yeah, it's in the city, rural, but, like, rural, yeah. so... But uh, I, I also feel it's sort of a, like, a nod or a hint that um, Theo's character is, like, good-natured because it almost shows that every animal, like, is attracted to him in a certain way, like... Uh, when they arrive at the fishes, like the the farmer remarks that like the dogs take to him right away, and he's like, "Oh, the dogs, you know, they don't they don't tend to like nobody." 
And there's even a scene when the fishes are discussing what to do, and there's kittens trying to crawl up his pant legs. Um, <laughs> That's not distracting, though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's kind of a cool fact. It says, uh, Clive Owen does not use or even touch a gun at any point throughout the entire movie, so despite the fact that he's being pursued and attacked, he not once picks up a gun. He doesn't, and it's frustrating, mm -hmm. because it's like you, these people are shooting at you, and you find out that these people that you thought were like on your side are like are responsible for the death of your wife and you still don't touch it then mm -hmm. like i don't know what like why i mean yeah you know i mean maybe it just shows again he's he's too good natured to like pick up something that could potentially kill somebody and also a fun little fact that says uh clive owen's character never gets to smoke an entire cigarette I mean, he gets like a couple puffs or drags, but then something interrupts. Um, even at the beginning of the movie, he, he pours his booze and you know, he doesn't even get to enjoy his coffee because it's a freaking explosion. And wrapping it up with probably the most uh, what jarring or, or shaking, most true to life uh, fact here is that the opening terrorist attack scene where the coffee shop is blown up uh, in. Fleet Street was filmed only two weeks after the real thing happened to devastating effects in London by Al-Qaeda terrorists. So you're making that reference about, like, that connection to this movie and, like, real life. I mean, it's not that far off, so... Yeah, it's... Like I said, art imitates life and, you know... A little too well. Yeah. Uh, so with that being said, that's going to be me wrapping up here on... Uh, the topic of children and men. So next week, uh, we will be picking it up with Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> You're such a dork. A little bit. Yeah, so next week's um, movie review and discussion is going to be on Jojo Rabbit, which was directed by... T.T. Watiki. <laughs> I thought you said T.T. <laughs> For some reason. I, I did, actually. Taika Watiki. I'm sorry. Taika Watiki. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> Jesus. Taika um, Watiki. All right. Yes. Um, who's, like, becoming more and more, like, our very, like, our favorite. Not oh. only is he a good director, but he's just hilarious yeah. as an actor. Without a reason to doubt. Yeah. So, um go ahead and give a little preview about what that movie is about uh so it's a young boy uh in the hitler youth army who finds out that his mother is hiding a jewish girl in their home and lo and behold taika waititi 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 no there's right there taika waititi is um not only does he direct it um, he writes it, and he also stars as everybody's the... favorite German fascist dictator, Adolf Hitler. Yes. Which is ironic. But he's not. He doesn't. He's not like real. He's um. Yeah, a in his subconscious, yeah. in the in the bo young yeah. boy subconscious, or imagination, mm. imaginary friend, kind of guiding him through this whole like, like war that we're in. Yeah, just a child's. Like, a Hitler Youth imagination of what, like, a buddy Adolf would be like. And it stars uh, Roman Griffin Davis, uh, Thomason Mackenzie, Scarlett Johansson. Um, what's her name? Fat Amy. <laughs> what's her name? Uh, Rebel. 
Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson. Yes. Sam Rockwell. And uh, I, I just got to say, um, Archie Yates, who plays Yorkie in this movie, is just so damn adorable. He is. He's adorable. He's like, he needs to be every, he needs to be my son's friend. Right. <laughs> just super you know, sweet, silly, fat kid's friend. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's it. And I hope everybody has a good weekend. Stay safe. Wear your mask. And sanitize, <laughs> and just make good decisions. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>